Thanks for tuning in to the Loser Kid Pinball Podcast. We are on episode 25. I know it's been a couple weeks, but I've got my co-captain with me as always. Scott Larson. And today, Scott, I figured, you know what? It's our year show. It's been a full year since we started this bad boy. Let's make it special. Let's have our very first female guest on, okay? So coming from San Antonio, Texas, I view her as a pinball ambassador for women. We've got Lauren Gray on. How's it going, Lauren? Oh, thank you so much. Oh, well, happy anniversary, y'all. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Hey, you know, a year's a big deal. You know, there's the pod fade. People, you know, you get excited and then, you know, it kind of just drifts off. But you guys made it a year. That's awesome. <laughs> there seems to be two anniversaries. It's a year. So if people say, okay, so you actually did it the entire year. And then it <laughs> seems like the 100 episode drop off. Everybody gets to 100 episodes, and then they say, okay, I think we're done. <laughs> I've said what I wanted to say, and I'm out. <laughs> I, I'm done. I'm out. I'm out. I'm moving on. Mic drop. Peace out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, cool. Uh, tell us t- – will you please introduce yourself to everyone that may not know you from our audience, Lauren? Sure. Uh, again, my name's Lauren Gray. I am uh, homegrown San Antonio, Texas. Um, I was really originally from Chicago. I came into the hobby a few years ago. Um, I, you know, was told by my husband to find a hobby in a very nice way. Um, he, uh, he's an artist and he just was like, don't you have a hobby? I'm like, no. So I, I went through a, a whole collection of different hobbies. It was hysterical. It was like the year of Lauren finding herself. And I ended up asking myself what I loved when I was a kid. And the, the thing I came back to was pinball. I loved pinball. So I literally Googled pinball Texas, you know, groups. And I found out about this little thing called the Bat City Open. And I signed up and I went and that was like my first tournament ever. Um, That was horrifying, but it was super fun. (laughs) Um, So from there, you know, I I really got into the hobby. I met the Bells and Chimes from Houston, uh, Texas. So I went ahead and founded the Bells and Chimes chapter in San Antonio. And we're going about 30 ladies strong. So I'm really excited about that. And then in the midst of all of this, because, you know, I I went all in into the hobby. I got really into listening to all the pinball podcasts. And I thought, you know, they're all great. I love listening to them. I've listened to you guys. I listened to TWIP, Special and Lit, uh, uh, Pinball Profile, you know, uh, Pinball Players Podcast. But I just didn't hear a lot of women and a lot of the um, kind of I don't want to say struggles, but challenges maybe that that women players have um, sometimes yeah. in at events or just in the hobby in general. So I wanted to give them a voice. So I'm like, you know what? Let's be extra niche and we'll have a pinball podcast about ladies in pinball. Um, so again, I started the pack, Backbox Pinball Podcast back in June. So it's been about six months. Um, we've had 30 episodes so far. Um, we've had women all across the hobby and the sport. We've had people who make their living in pinball. And we've had people who are competitive players. We've had people who do restoration, people who work for some of the um, larger pinball manufacturers and distributors like Crystal Gimnick. Um, So it's just been a really fun ride. And I I really enjoyed it so far. I definitely see myself growing in the hobby and the sport and just enjoy all the people I've met so far. It's interesting. You talked about what you liked doing, um, you know, when you were a kid and you, you actually gravitated toward pinball. So that surprises me a little bit because when I was growing up in the arcade scene in the, in the eighties, really, I didn't see too many women in, and it was 
it was your stereotype, yeah. right? It was a whole bunch of a twelve year old, and and okay, I, I'm in Utah, so a whole bunch of twelve year old greasy white <laughs> dudes, uh, and we're all trying to play Altered Beast or, or Donkey Kong or whatever. And so I I'm curious as to like what part of when were you playing pinball? Were you playing it at like a you know a, a skating center or in the arcade and and who did you go with because at least in my small microcosm i didn't see too many right right no so we had a local arcade inside the mall um westlake mall back in in san antonio and there was this an arcade and it was one of those things where our dad took us he's like this is the arcade and my you know, later I find out that my dad was a super big pinhead and he played pinball all day long at the bowling alley from his hometown in Belleville, Illinois. And, but what he did, he's like, Hey, this is a pinball machine. I'm like, this looks really cool, dad. How does this work? And he sat there and showed me a couple of games and I was hooked and it was a pinbot. And that was all I wanted to play. I didn't want to play gauntlet. I didn't want to play street fighter. I didn't want to play donkey Kong, whatever. I just wanted to play pinball. And of course the pins grew. This was like late eighties, early nineties. So, you know, we had pinball bought. Um, I remember many, many, many games of Adam's family. And it was just something I really loved. And then over the years, you know, you grow older, we moved away, malls went away. Whenever I ran across a pinball machine, whether it be in a bar or wherever, I would always like, you know, dump some money into it. And I just remember the feeling of a kid just being so excited about pinball. I just I loved all the mechanics, the lights, it just to me, it was the the, the tactile quality of it just, you know, I felt like I was more in control and had more um, kind of, you know, money on the table when it came to pinball as opposed to a video game. And that's totally awesome. Like it, it's funny that that's what drew you in is, is, and I don't know if it's the parental guidance there or not, but it's, I don't know. It's just, it's really cool to me. And I grew up in an area that really didn't have pinball. And so like I talked about on our first episode, like I actually had to learn pinball from video games and I know, that's actually kind of where we're seeing it come from as well, too. I know there's plenty of people that said, oh, well, I started out with the pinball arcade and I loved it so much. I'm like, where can I buy one of these? And so it's it's cool to see the different backgrounds of where people are coming from getting into the hobby. So, you know, and people poo poo pinball arcade, but I love pinball arcade and I will like hold the flag for them forever. Um, I play it all the time when I'm sitting in an airport waiting for a plane or, you know, just when I'm not able to actually, you know, play a physical pinball machine. Um, and when I started back into, you know, what is, you know, now my big time hobby, um, I played a lot of pinball arcade and I still do. I, when they had that run, when they stopped carrying the Williams titles, I <laughs> would bought an obscene amount of pinball, ta- <laughs> uh, pinball games on pinball arcade. Um, but yeah, no, I really enjoy it. So don't, don't be mean to pinball arcade. They're awesome. No, I love it too. And it's funny cause I went yeah. in one time to AT&T and was like, I need to talk about my bill. And they're looking at it like, well, you could save yourself some money if you didn't buy all these pinball tables. I'm like, okay, don't look at that. <laughs> I'm not talking about that. <laughs> Talk about these other ones. <laughs> so so did, did you tell your spouse that you spent $250 on, uh, on getting all the seasons for pinball arcade? At that point in time, I was still paying the phone bill. He now pays the phone bill. So I keep my uh, purchases to a minimum. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Basically I, I did the same thing. Yeah. And you know, I, I agree with you that, one of the challenges with uh, pinball has always been, especially location pinball, it is so dependent on how good of an operator you have. Yeah. Um, because if you go to a game that is not maintained, it doesn't flow very well, you're not going to put another quarter in. 
And so if you have like a well-functioning game, and that actually is pretty rare because uh, pinball maintenance is actually pretty uh, – it's labor-intensive. Uh, we went to a Chuck E. Cheese, and my wife, and my wife said – this was when I, when I first got into it. My wife said, hey, there's a, there's a pinball machine over there. You should go check it out. So I wandered over there. It was a Stern Pirates of the Caribbean. And it had one flipper that was completely not even attached. It oh was just uh, floating free. It didn't have the rubbers on one of them. And it, I, it was so I, – I put some money into it because I was just so curious as to how bad it played. But that's the challenge with finding, um, finding a lot of these classic games is that they really don't play very well just because – uh, unless you have them in a home environment or someone who is it's a labor of love and they're maintaining it. But there are a lot of really janky machines out there. So that is one thing that is really great about the pinball arcade is that the machines play like they were supposed to play. I know it's not the same thing. It's, a, it's an electronic simulation of it. But you at least get probably a truer experience for what the game was intended to be by the designer than actually finding one of these beat up games in the wild. Oh yeah. So yeah. Janking machine where the rubbers have broken off the flippers and you know, things don't work. Yeah. No, I completely agree. I always feel bad when, you know, we go somewhere and they're like, Oh yeah. The pinball machine was broken. And I'm like, Oh, we've lost another one. And I'm not talking about the machine. I'm talking about the player. Cause it's like, if you have a great location and you have machines that are taken care of, the people will come and I'm lucky. I'm very spoiled. Our location is amazing. What's brewing. Um, they keep the tables and the machines you know, in pristine condition and they're always working. And if something isn't working, you know, it's off the floor like that day. If they can't get it fixed, they'll like swap it out with something else. And see, we're very fortunate to have that too. Kitos and quarters is just, the machines are always perfect. I loved quarters. Quarters was awesome. It's, it is a fun place. And we're excited for Mikey because he's already telling us he's getting one of the stranger things premiums in there. So I wish they just make it. (laughs) It, that place was so cool. I, it was like a pinball speakeasy. You know, I'm like going down there. there. I have a picture of me in front of the sign and I'm like, this place is really cool. So I, I had a great time. They have a great collection there. Oh, yeah. So I haven't actually been inside quarters, but I'll give you my very contracted story. Um, there's a <laughs> uh, we decided to uh, get tickets to Wicked and we had a big group. So we bought eight tickets and we went down there and we, we handed them the tickets and they looked down and said two of these were for or or four of these were for tuesday oh no and so we we had seen it before ironically we're the ones who organized the event we had seen it before and there was two there were two other tickets and so everybody went into it except for us and so we're wandering around we're wandering around downtown salt lake and just i i would say with a black cloud kind of annoyed that we couldn't get in uh, couldn't get into the show that we organized um, and, and I will say that on the positive side, we contract, we contacted the seller and she said, I'm so sorry. That was a big mistake. She, she refunded the uh, show. It was, it wasn't a, uh, a situation where she was trying to take advantage of us. It was just not a mistake. Um, and so I thought, oh, and it was, it was snowy and it was nasty and we were all dressed up and I said, well, let's go to quarters. I haven't been there. I heard about it. So we walked down there and I realized like a block away that I didn't have my license. <laughs> oh and no. And so I said, well, we can wander there. We wandered there and they just like, it was like, yeah, we can't without a license. You can't get it. I'm just like, okay, one, 
I don't look 18. <laughs> but and it's fine. I totally get it. It's it's uh, you know the liquor license uh, laws that if if they don't follow all the rules, then someone could turn them in. But that's the that's my only experience with quarters is that I was down there at the time and I thought, oh, I'll just go in, and then I couldn't get in because I didn't have my license. But anyway, Aww. I know, sad, right? That is very sad. So, guys, let's let's uh, move into the news because I sent over the the notes and I didn't think there was much that's happened, but then I sent over the list. I'm like, uh, there's a little bit that's happened just a <laughs> since bit. we last were on, just just a tiny bit. So, I got first on here. Let's let's talk Stranger Things. Uh, the premium was finally revealed at CELS. Uh, a little bit of uh, a little bit of uproar because it was in a poorly lit room for this pinball machine and everything looked washed out from the projection. <laughs> But other than that, I think the game looks great. I, I haven't played it yet. What are your guys' thoughts? Oh, sure. Um, you know, I, there are things I like about it. Um, overall, I haven't played it. I have not seen it in person. I've only seen that that CES stream. I saw um, parts of the Dead Flip uh, reveal. And then I've seen a few things on YouTube. I... I it looks okay. I mean, I there's the projection is probably the most interesting thing to me about that game. Um, you know, but it's a lighting situation. I, unfortunately, if you've never been in a TV studio or just, you know, had those hot lights on you, they're very bright. Um, yeah. So it was really kind of worked against the, you know, the game. Unfortunately, I would love to see it in a, a more, you know, realistic environment, you know, somebody's basement or, you know, a bar or something. I think the projection would, would have a bigger sell to me. Um, I, it looks fun. The thing I like that I like about it, it looks easy to understand um, to me. Like, you know, you can see the shots, you can see, you know, kind of the progression of what you're supposed to do. Um, and of course, I mean, the projector does look really cool. I, I I'm waiting to see it in person. Um, but uh, I like the idea that the projector, the they'll have more assets to add to the projector as you up the code updates and as the seasons of the show update. From what I understand, they'll add more things to the projector, which I think is kind of cool. I agree. So. I'm I'm always nervous with new technology. It's it's one of those catch twenty twos, right? You want something new and different in the machine. But you also run the risk of something new and different that doesn't actually translate very well to all different uh, all different environments, and it's challenging for them to find a, a new a new thing or a new gimmick that actually works everywhere. So I, I I'm sad that the projector didn't work super well in that, and maybe they hadn't anticipated that that was going to be the situation. Another question is, well, there are other environments where you have a well-lighted uh, situation. For example, Pinburg. Pinburg is, you know, they put the Penn Stadium lights on there and they try to, to, uh, to make sure that it's well-illuminated so you can broadcast it. And if the projector is limited by uh, creating that mood effect, it could actually affect how well you can stream this machine. Yeah, I mean that's a really great point. I mean, I, there's a there's a laser disc out there for everybody. This could be the laser disc moment. Could be the projector. You know, it's that you, somebody has to take a step forward and, and develop something new. Um, I'm just kind of not sold on it yet until I get a little more time watching it. I will say, you know, not super excited about what I've seen. But again, uh, it was just an unfortunate 
happenstance, but I'm like you guys, my home place that I play at, it's a coffee shop. It's very well lit. I don't know if the rejector would really work in there. Well, um, I want to try our new segment. Uh, I've been talking to Lauren and Scott about this for the past couple of days. We're going to do what's called uh, the pinball scorecard. Since straight down the middle and dead flip, they've all done their wonderful first impressions and you get to see the game. I want to do a scorecard on what our thoughts are. So it gives kind of a brief synopsis of where we kind of land with the machine. And since this is, since none of us have had our hands on the machine yet, this is going to be a first impression scorecard. So uh, let's try this out. Okay. Um, So on my scorecard, I've got theme first. So all these, all these categories will be out of 10, one out of 10. So um, let's have Lauren go first then Scott, and then I'll do it. So, uh, so Lauren, what's your thoughts? One out of 10 on theme theme. I'm going to give them an eight. And that is just because stranger things is the most popular and most watched, um, streamed show on Netflix. And I think ever. So, I mean, it's relevant, it's current. Um, the show's still on, we haven't reached back for nostalgia, um, which I think is kind of a, something that always happens in pinball, but I, I, think that they did a really good job on theme and i i will fully admit i have not watched the show but i know enough about the show to see that it looked really well integrated into the machine um is it a world under glass again since i'm not a fan of the show i couldn't really tell you but um from what i've seen and the pieces i've seen i I give it a very solid eight awesome i'm gonna give it an 8.5 and i say that because this is out of the wheelhouse of my demographic, which is typically where they're shooting for. They're shooting for uh, dudes in their 40s who are making their man caves. And so that's why you hear all, you know, hear all the bands from the 80s or the 70s that are coming out. And that's why you hear rumors for like a Motley Crue pin and, you know, all that stuff of when we were teenagers. Um, the challenge is with uh, – and. And we are benefiting from the diversification of interests that the internet and um, and uh, computers have allowed us is that there doesn't seem to be a collective experience. There doesn't seem to be a collective mega band. There doesn't seem to be a collective amazing show that everybody's seen. You're not going to see Indiana Jones. You're not going to see E.T. Maybe you could get Avengers Endgame uh, and you could argue that at least that's something that most people have seen. You don't. You just don't have that anymore. Uh, so for them to go with Stranger Things, it's coming from Netflix, which it's a streaming service that a lot of people have, but it's you have to pay for it. It's not free. Um, and so that's where... Um, a lot of the stuff that we had, radio was free. MTV, okay, you you had you still had to pay for a cable subscription, but still, people knew about that. Um, you use you, you have all you know, Back to the Future, all these things that everybody did together. Again, they just don't have that anymore. So, in today's era, what are you going to do? Well, you're going to find out what has the most buzz among um, teenagers and uh, basically the what the 18 to 30 year old crowd and a lot of them like stranger things so uh, i'm with lauren i actually haven't seen it but i know enough people who do and when i shared that stranger things was uh was announced so many people texted back and said are you getting this machine because i want to play it 
So it's probably about as close to a a solid theme that you can get right now. So I'm going to give it a nine. And the reason being is I have seen Stranger Things and I'm Stranger Things is a good show to me. It's not fantastic. It's not my top 10, but it is a theme that crosses multiple generations. I know 11 year old girls. It's their favorite show. And I know, um, women that are, you know, 50s, 60s, that's their favorite show because they grew up in the 80s and it's a throwback nostalgia to that that time of when they were children. I think it's a, a win on that front. And so that's why I'm giving it a nine. So, all right, let's move on to Playfield Layout. What is your thoughts on that, Lauren? You know, from the picture, it's a fan. I mean, it's just like, you know, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a seven. It looks fun but at the same time it doesn't necessarily like look super exciting i know i feel bad when i say that but <laughs> i just and, it, and it's hard because i haven't played it so i am just doing this upon like looking at videos i, I i'm not the biggest fan of a fan layout i mean they're okay it's just not my favorite thing but it it looks well laid out and well well put together i um like the shot behind the movie screen where the the demogorgon i guess that's what it's called pops up um and then you know there's some other things that are kind of cool about it but it it looks fun but i mean it doesn't like necessarily is the the greatest play field you know layout i've ever seen i'm like it's a fan i'm like okay so i'm gonna give it a seven Okay. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Lauren. I, I I'll give it a solid seven because it's safe. Yeah. I mean, I am I, so I'm recording in my pinball basement, and I'm looking at the exact layout in Attack from Mars and Medieval Madness, and that's where I it, it's solid. I love those games, and people play them all the time, and I know they're Brian Eddy, and it seems like I I have that. And so I I give it a seven because it's a solid proven layout, but there's nothing about this layout that makes me say, ooh, from the layout alone, I have to have this experience. I think I have it. I am right there with you guys. I'm seven for me as well. It's nothing innovative, but it's also, it will probably feel familiar and feel good. Um, It's it's hard to tell for a play, play filled layout from just a top down video, but I'm, I'm right there with you. I don't, it's not inspiring to me by any means. So, yeah. all right, let's move on to game rules. I know this is one we're going to have to be kind of lenient on considering um, it's the code's barely along and, and whatnot, but w- what's your thoughts? Uh, again, seven, I'm going to, just because it, it seemed from what I've seen again, I haven't, I feel like I like the provisional. I haven't played it. Um, you know, the, <laughs> it seemed like it's got set out with very minimal code. So for me, it's going to take a long time to develop that, that gameplay and those game rules. Um, you know, ask me this question again in a year when they've got much more updated code, more robust code. But for right now, from what I've seen, I'm giving it a seven. And just that's just because of, from what I see from the gameplay on the field, it looks like it's an easy game to understand. Okay. Yeah, and, and I, I'm going to give it an undetermined grade um, just because – Yes, um, the one thing this has going for it is one of the best features of Medieval Madness and Attack from Mars in that you have, uh, and you could even call this playfield a throwback playfield for a throwback theme. 
in that you have the lights that are in the predictable places. And so you know how many times you've hit the orbit. You know how many times you've hit the ramp uh, because they have those lights that are going to uh, light up. Um, I, I don't think it has... Uh, we don't have enough to go on to really say whether it's great right. or, or Spartan. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I, 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 uh, I'm confident that they will be able to do something with it uh, just because uh, it'll, it'll be uh, attack from Mars 2.0. Yep. So I'm going to give it a seven as well. Um, just because I think it's a good starting point. There wasn't anything that made me groan and say, Hey, this, this is not even close to complete. Uh, I think that from here they've got a good base, and I'm excited to see where they take take it from here. So, all right, let's move on to toys, which would be what do we got? We've got the on the pro, we've got the demi gorgon and the flip down ramp, and then on the premium would be the projector and the magnet in the back for the hotel kinetic powers. I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna give this an eight point five because I. It's an 8.5 with kind of a asterisk because I really want to see more of the projector just because I just feel like, it, you know, like as we stated earlier with the things I've seen so far, it really hasn't wowed me. I'm like, oh, it looks cool. It's a projector. But if it's going to be, oh, well, you're not going to be able to put it in this kind of setting or this kind of setting, you know, if it, I, I'm not sure on that mechanism yet. The the telekinesis 11 thing where the balls hang on the back, that's kind of cool. That little magnet back there, I think that's kind of neat. Um, I was talking to um, Chris from Canada's Pinball Podcast, and he described the Demigorgon toy as an artichoke, which I now can't get out of my head. I'm like, oh, my God, it is an artichoke. But, uh, I mean, I'm going to give it an 8.5 because I, I, I'm glad that they kind of stepped out of the box for the projector. But I just... From what I've seen of the projector, I'm not really excited about it. So I, I'm kind of like a wait and see on that one. Okay. Yeah, I, I'll give it – I'm going to say I, – I, I'm going to downgrade a little bit. I'm going to say a, a 6 or a 5.5 um, just because when you have something – uh, in the machine, you need to be able to translate from location to location. And I am so concerned that that projector is not going to move very well. Uh, the Demogorgon, uh, I mean, it's, it's kind of like the, uh, it's the Balrog. It, it's, it's in the same location. It's kind of like the Balrog mixed with the ring. Uh, and so uh, you can do that. I do think that magnets are underused in pinball. And they can be super annoying or they can be a lot of fun. And so I, I the reason why I'll give it a, a, a 5.5 or a 6 is because, uh, I, and unfortunately, I'm going to put the projector lower. But what does raise it is I find uh, creative use of magnets in machines really fun and interesting. Uh, on my machines, one of my favorite things is, and I know, I know it's borrowed from Twister, but it's the Magneto Multiball that uh, starts in X-Men. I mean, it is so much fun to see that, uh, you know, see that ball frozen there and all of them together and then spinning around and they're just exploding everywhere. Um, so I, I find that would be very interesting to see, to use that as a ball lock. So for me, I think the toys on this one, I, I'm going to give it a very solid seven. And the reason being, we're seeing innovation with something we haven't seen with the, uh, magnet, the projector, 
I still hold reservations, but I still think it's something very innovative we haven't seen yet in pinball besides maybe pin two, uh, pin 2K. And so I'm excited to see if the projector works. I think if it does, it opens up a new door into pinball that hasn't been seen yet. And so, but like Scott said, like it has to translate well from location to location. Um, but other than that, I, solid seven. I mean, it, it's a it's a good effort for what we've been given. So, um, I just say we skip gameplay. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just don't think it's been out enough. Yep. It, it, right now, Attack from Mars 2.0. So, okay. So we'll skip gameplay. Let's move on to lighting. So, Lauren, if you'll give us your thoughts on that. Um, the light show I saw looks really great. Um, I think it's kind. Of, it looks fun. I am going to give this a 7.5. You know, it wasn't, uh, it, it's no TNA, but it is a, it's a, it's a nice light show. So 7.5. Yeah. And I'll even upgrade it more. I'll, I'll give it an eight, an 8.5 because it does have those dramatic colors and it's, it's very eye-catching. You will see this when, if you walk into a bar or a, uh, or some sort of arcade, you're going to see the light show because it is that, um, electric uh, 80s uh, color palette with yep. the lights, I, it, you're going to notice it. it. It feels very, you know, it's like Ghostbusters grabs your attention. I agree. I think I, I'm right there with you as well. I'm going to do an eight. I think the lighting's great. Um, and it all comes down to that projector for me as well. So let us move on to artwork. Um. So the artwork I saw... So I have to kind of provisionally also state that I am more of a fan of uh, Zombie Yeti, Dirty Donnie kind of comic style art on pinball machines. I'm not a huge fan of the hyper-realism, photorealism kind of look. Um, okay. But I will say that the the art there is well done. So I'm going to give it an eight. I mean, it looks nice. I mean, it's not, it, it's not the kind of art package that's going to make me want to buy a machine. But um, it looks, I mean, they. I recognize everybody. I see Winona Ryder. I see everybody on the machine. Um, it looks like they really were faithful to the show and, you know, capturing all the elements of the show. I just, you know, it's not an art package that wows me, but it, it's good. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with a five. Um, it, does, it, it, it feels very, very much like a style guide. Um, you get the assets and this is, it feels very much like um, what Star Wars was. It doesn't yeah. feel very pinball-y. It feels like if you took off the art, you could see where all the shots are going because of the lights and the uh, just everything else. But then it'd say, okay, here's a style guide sticker book and go ahead and put it in and use the colors we use. So... <laughs> Well, I I was a little dismissive of uh, Willy Wonka because I said it kind of looked like a cereal box, right? If you if you okay, went and yeah. bought, bought Wonka O's, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be the same Gene, Gene Wilder uh, pose. And if you're gonna get a Stranger Things backpack, this is what you're gonna get. Yeah. So I, I, I'm I, it's fine. It's it's true to it. Um, I guess it's not pinball enough for me. So I'm going to give it a seven. I think it's a better effort than what we've seen with, say, the cut and paste of um, Willy Wonka. 
but it's definitely not up to where I think pinballer art should be. But honestly, it, it, it's it's not going to look bad in a collection. It, it's not like you're going to step up to it and be like, ooh, what is, what is that? Like, art's come so far from the 90s that oh, honestly, yeah. this is – it's sad. It's like this is the standard now, and the standard's fantastic. So – Seven seven's the average, so I'm I'm going to leave it at seven. So yeah, I to borrow to borrow a uh, a phrase from Nick Lane, it gets the job done. Yep, exactly. <laughs> it, it's it's not bad. It's not great. It's uh, it's there. So that's why I'm going to give it a five. It, it just doesn't feel very enough pinball for me. So okay. cool. Let's move on to sound and music. Um, I'm going to give them a lot of credit here because um, they seem to have a pretty good working relationship with Netflix and with the creators of the show. So they at least got the soundtrack from the show and um, a lot of the sound I did here I really like. So I'm going to give them an 8.5. Yeah, and I would give it a 9, even pushing up toward a 10 if I see, if I get there. This feels very much like um, like Spider-Man in that it has the right sounds, the right, uh, you know, it gets you emotionally into the game because of the music. And they got uh, one of the actors from the show to to voice things in it, which I think is critical for you to feel like you're involved with the theme. And so if you're going to, uh, if you're going to go big, you do want the sound integration. So I, I, I'm glad that they, made sure that was a focus. I'm right there with you guys. Nine. I, I really think nine is is good because I think at this point in the game, if you really want to make a difference, you've got to get those custom call-outs from people from the show. The music, the assets are fantastic. Um, I, I, I just think of Guardians of the Galaxy oh my where God. it was like a, I was going to say the same thing. That's I'm like, oh. I, I'm looking at you, Guardians of the Galaxy, my favorite of the Marvel movies, and you messed it up because there were no call-outs. The assets on that thing were terrible. And I mean, I want, I still want it, but oh, I just, I, I'm so hurt about <laughs> the lack of call-outs. I agree. And, and Rocket just sounds terrible. Ugh. Oh, yeah. Well, when you talk about the the auditory uh, um, involvement on a machine, that is really the critical part. If you look at what makes TNA awesome, it's the soundtrack. It's actually getting into it and feeling like you're ha- you know, a dance club or you're feeling an experience. Yep. Um, when you go and play Jurassic Park and you hit it and you get that John Williams, it's the same thing with Star Wars. With Star Wars, you get the John Williams theme. And so it's, yes, this is Star Wars. Uh, to put it in context, have you guys ever seen the cut where it shows the end of Star Wars where they're going in, uh, up for the medal ceremony and it has no music? Oh, no, that that sounds awful. It is horrible. I don't think I have. It, it is. It is hor- you're watching this and you're thinking, uh, can I escape this so fast? Because it proves how involved music is into the overall experience. If you really look at Star Wars in general and take out the John Williams soundtrack, that would have been a failure, a horrible failure, because the music was so uh, intrinsic to the experience that's what pinball has become. The music is vital, which is why you feel that Guardians was kind of a miss because they didn't 
uh, you know, whether or not they didn't or couldn't, you know, there's certainly argument on to why it happened that way, but they weren't able to get that, uh, that experience in there. And of course, when you're uh, getting uh, songs from five to, to eight different artists, that, that that's a minefield in itself, which is why, you know, Shrek only has all-star. So, <laughs> All right. Well, we're kind of talking about this already, but we have callouts is one of the categories. So, um, uh, I was going to go give it, it a nine because they did actually get assets and you know actors from the show to the callout. So I'm going to give them a nine just for that. Um, again, kind of a rehash. If you know you don't have the callouts or you kind of get you know like a Deadpool's another one. I thought that the guy they got was great. I know he's the guy from the animated version of Deadpool, but I was really expecting Ryan Reynolds. I'm just I'm just going to say it. Um, uh, I just feel like they did a really good job with this. And so, yeah, I'm definitely giving them a nine, a solid nine. Yeah. And, and it's call outs and, and sound package. It seems to be all one and the same. And right. so now I will say it would be a 10 if you had, uh, you know, the Spider-Man, I don't think you can get better call outs than, uh, J. Jonah, Jonah Jameson on there. Uh, and he, it is great, which is why I would never buy the vault edition just because I would miss all those awesome call outs. Um, but anytime you can get an actor involved and whether or not they're pinball-y enough, um, it certainly helps out with the experience. So uh, you're right. Nine. Okay, nine it is. And I, I totally agree as well. Nine, nine. Cause I mean, we don't have enough call outs in here yet. They'll add more, but what I've heard so far and David, David Harbors, I think is his name. Just fantastic. Like, and that, that's all it takes is just one person from the show. I don't understand why. Like, Simpsons is fantastic because we get so many voices. But seriously, like, we just need one voice. If if you can't, if, if you're going to cut, if, if that's where you're going to cut for your pinball machine, just at least just get one voice. That's all I ask for. <laughs> so, and then I know we haven't really had our hands on it yet, but um, quality of build. Well, um, I am going to give this a 7.5. Um, I haven't heard any, you know, negative things about the mechs inside the machine. I haven't had my hands on it. I did see the pictures of the dimpling. You know, there are, you know, pros and cons to that. You know, there's the people that say, oh, it'll all even out eventually. I'm like, it looks like it needs a case of clear sill on the pictures I've seen. I mean, there were just like tiny little craters everywhere. You know, it, it, when I saw that, I'm like, oh, well, I'm like, it, it kind of just kind of, you know, dampened me a little bit on it. So that's why I'm, they're getting like a 7.5 for me until I, until I see more longevity to see how it holds up. You know what? I, I'm going to go the, a different way. Um, I'm going to give it a nine and let me tell you why I'm giving it a nine because of all the great manufacturers out there, um, that, you know, the top four, I guess, uh, you have uh, Chicago gaming company, you have Stern, you have Jersey Jack and you have spooky. Okay. Which one's the most reliable on location? Very true. Stern. Mm-hmm. And Stern. so, Stern all and day so, long? It's it's such a fine line to walk. Are there ways of of quibbling on things? Absolutely, and and I'm with you. Uh, the the craters on the playfield. I mean, that is a heartbreaking experience, especially when you just dumped you know anywhere from six to seven thousand dollars on this 
uh, non-essential toy. Um, yes, I totally get what you're saying about that. It's um, it's part of that. However, um, it's it's reliable. They always make machines that work well on location, and they have redundancies built in. And so, from an operator standpoint, you're going to take a stern all day long just because it can always operate. And that's the most that's the harshest environment you can be in is a location. And with the location, you should be able to plug and play. As an operator, you want to be able to say, hey, I'll be there once a week. You don't want to be tweaking it daily. And so for Stern to be able to walk that fine line, are there issues? Absolutely. Are there issues? Are there legitimate concerns? Cabinet build, um, uh, cheaping out on things. However, it's also still one of the cheapest mass-produced machines out there, and it still is reliable. Yeah. So I am going to go with just a solid seven. Um, the dimpling's not anything new. It's not like we haven't seen this before. It's not like you know this is a huge issue. Uh, yeah, I don't like I, I don't like looking at it. it. Just it it makes me cringe because I'm right there with you, Lauren. It's like it's just the dimpling, just ugh. But they are reliable machines. They've they've stand the test of time on location, and so I just I think the quality of build will be just as good with these machines as it has been in the past. And I know that deep root has said that they're going to up their game. And so I can't wait to see if that changes anything, but as of right now, uh, average seven for me. So, so if you guys were following along at home, uh, our scorecards end as followed. Lauren gave it a 63 and a half out of 90. Uh, Scott, since he decided not to give us any thoughts on game rules, he was saying it was not applicable yet. 53 out of 80 and I gave it 63 out of 90. So we're all pretty, pretty even pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. I'd say the, the average is probably around seven. If you, if you look at everything and it's uh, actually for a game coming out seven, is it's a good starting point um, because if you, you didn't feel the same way about monsters when monsters came out, you thought, Hey, this is fun, but for a lot, for enough enthusiasts, it left them feel wanting just because they saw the wizard mode on the second game. Yep. Um, yep. But uh, at the same time, monsters was a. It's if you look at the the layout and everything, it's actually a pretty fun shooter. It just doesn't feel like there's enough there. So I'm I'm hoping that having this as a solid seven, then it can go up. It's pretty unlikely it'll go down. Um, even even on this layout, even if it has basically a fundamental rule set, and really, if you look at Medieval Madness or Attack from Mars, it's not a deep rule set. It's a fundamental rule set. You could do something very similar with this, and still, it'll get the job done. Um, I, I'm curious to see what they do to make it, uh, or to try to make it epic, I guess. I, I agree. completely agree. So... Well, I think we spent plenty of time on that. I thought the scorecard would go a little mm-hmm. shorter than that. But hey, it, it's all trying out something new. And please write into us to tell us if you did like the scorecard or if you're like, eh, cut it. But um, I'm going to see if we can't actually put this as a standalone as well. Um, we'll see. Okay, so but here's the question, though. So after all is said and done, initial impression, are you going to buy it? Do you want to buy it? If you had, If you had 10000 in your pocket, would you buy this machine? Um, for me, no. Um, it, 
it while it is a great theme for somebody who's a fan of the show, I'm not a fan of the show. And as while gameplay and game design is a drive for me, I got to connect with the theme. And, and, and Stranger Things, while great, is just not something for me. Okay. As far as me, I already own Attack from Mars. Like, I know that's crappy to say, but I just, I, I don't have a desire. If, if this theme spoke more to me, then I'd probably buy it. But here's the other problem, too. Everyone on this podcast knows, and they've known since July that when we released the news that Ninja Turtles was coming out. And so I'm just – I'm waiting like a child at, for Christmas morning for them to unveil Ninja <laughs> Turtles. So no, I'm, I'm not buying it. So well, you, can, you can just buy a Tron and put Ninja Turtles stickers on there. Ah, <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, let's let's buy a fun house and put Fortnite stickers all over that. Oh, that'd be Ugh. fun. Yeah, that'd be fun. Ugh. Yeah, I'm with you on that. It's uh, um, now I will say this is double edged because I said that one of the things that I'm impressed with is this is not my demographic, and so I'm giving them high points to say that this game is not for me, and so it is saying it's it's branching out of the wheelhouse. I'm with you though. I of all of the games that came out this year. Um, I'm planning on buying Jurassic Park. So that, that however, again, that's still a win if you look at the at the big picture because if someone buys one game a year, that's actually a win for the for the uh, industry. So yeah, and I'm in your yep. same demo essentially. And out of all the games that came out this year, I'm in the same boat. I would have I would have bought Jurassic Park. I I love that game. Well, and I, and I'm planning on. It. I just need to. Uh, I need to wait for the thaw and to shake up my collection a little bit. But I, I will. I will buy a Jurassic Park. And my friend who lives two miles away, he bought a uh, a limited edition, so Ooh. I still can play it. So I know it's really cool. <laughs> well, and I've told you, Scott, over the last how long that it's seriously the hardest decision whether to go to Lord of the Rings or Jurassic Park for me. And I, I really think because Jurassic Park, I've played it and I just I'm so addicted to it. It's so good. And the, so. the code and the game, you know, what Ellen's doing with that and just the gameplay on it. To me, that's the the best part of that game. I mean, I just it's a great shooter. I just I love everything about it. I can't say enough awesome things about Jurassic Park. Oh, it's so yeah. good. I, I, hey, I am with you. Uh, Lord of the Rings is one of my I will own at some point in my life themes. But Jurassic Park is my next one. So I, I will buy that. So let's talk. I want to talk about this. I don't know if you guys do, but I want to talk about some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle rumors. Are you guys okay. ready for this? I, and, and if I pronounce that, someone gave me crap. They're like, you didn't say it right. But hey, it. we'll just say TMNT. <laughs> but um, so the, the most recent rumors are it's going to have diverters like Alala Shadow. Okay. And um, it w- this is going to be the first machine with internet connectivity. So I don't know if that floats your guys' boat at all, but between that and Zombie Yeti, John Borg's a solid designer. Like he's his stuff is good. I don't think anyone's like, uh, like I don't like John Borg because it just doesn't flow or I don't know. So I'm excited. I don't know. But what were your what are your thoughts? I'm not a I mean, I remember it. And every time somebody says Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I literally sing the theme song in my head, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Heroes in a Half Shell, Turtle Power. Turtle Power. <laughs> and I can't help it every time, I swear. Um, you know, I the theme is nostalgic to me because I do remember the cartoon from like the eighties, nineties. Um, I don't know if I'd necessarily buy, but I'm excited to see it. 
I, I'll play it. I mean, I, I'm actually, I just sent you a picture. I'm staring at my four player one up Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles <laughs> game that I bought over Christmas. Um, it's, it, it is, it's one of those where, you know, it's fun. Um, it's not my, it, it never has been my dream theme. Um, and I, I, I'm okay with it. It, it is, it is solidly in the eighties, nineties. And so yes. it, it, uh, it takes you back to your childhood. Um, really, I, it's a wait and see on me. Uh, the theme is, Hey, it gets the job done. It's uh, it's something that a lot of people are interested in and it, uh, it lends itself very well to theme integration and in that it, you are, you have, uh, like five, uh, five or six built in character modes. And, and that's like the easiest way of describing it. You could have a Leonardo mode. You could have a Michelangelo mode. You could have an April O'Neil mode. You could have a Casey Jones mode. You know, you, so there's all these different ways of just uh, having instant buy-in for the rules. So I'm, it's one of those where, yeah, it's fine. Uh, I, I'm not, I'm not an LE purchase. I, I, I probably will not buy the game unless it is a, um, it, it's a wow, but there will be plenty around to buy. So, or, or to play. So I'm not, you know, I, and Josh is going to own an LE. So <laughs> you'll get matter. to play it no matter what. I, I know somebody I know is going to yeah. own it. I, I have a feeling I'm going to enjoy playing it, but you know, am I going to like, is, is it something I want to run out and buy? Probably not, but I'm excited to see it, it because it does have that nostalgia factor for me. Well, and we get to throw another rumor into the rumor mill. You ready for this? So, um, there has been talk that they've gotten the voices from the old show, from the 80s show, and the source is telling me it's Rob Paulson, which if it is, that would be awesome. To to those people that don't know who he is, in the original series, he was Raphael, but when they rebooted it in 2012, he came back as Donatello. So you get a twofer there. You could actually do multiple voices nice. from two of the turtles. So. Okay, but he's also thirty years older. So, is he like a a, a chain smoking uh, turtle now, with a with a gravelly Gnarly, voice? Dude. And it's like, yeah, gnarly man. Like, okay, it, it, it sounds more like he will be the dude from The Big Lebowski. He'll be like a, an over the hill like turtle who like didn't really apply himself and only like ate pizza and played with his nunchucks all day. And so, you know, it's, uh, all right, dude, like, what are we going to do today? Because I don't have any money. <laughs> no, Rob's a really nice guy. I've met him in person a couple oh, years back. Oh, I, I he, see how you are. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, he's not a chain smoker by any means. No, he's a really cool guy because he's done a ton of voices. So he's done, like, Pinky, or he did The Brain from Pinky and the Brain. I think oh, he also okay. did Pinky. Um, he just, he's done, you have to look at his repertoire. I think he actually holds, it's either him or I can't now I'm on the spot. I can't remember the other guy's name, but one of them holds the, the record for most voice voiceovers in like cartoons or something like that. Hmm. And so Rob, Rob's really cool. Um, if you haven't checked these out, you should go check out, they get a script and they get a bunch of the voice actors together and then they will read the script and they'll just change the voice randomly. So it's SpongeBob one second and then it's like Ninja Turtles and then it's, it, it's just fantastic. So, but that, that is the rumor. Hopefully that's true. If not, I guess we've got to apologize. But that that's what our sources are telling us is Rob Polson's doing some of the custom callouts for Ninja Turtles. Well, so. having a voice actor is huge because a voice actor is an extra right. level of uh, – it's because they are not you – know, okay. Um, they're not just relying on being good looking. 
I, how many actors out there are like, okay, yeah, they, they're a pretty face on the screen, but really they don't bring much to the table. As a voice actor, that's all you're doing. And so yep. you, uh, you have a built-in uh, credentials for me. Um, so, I, I, hey, I, I'll be interested to see what happens. Same here. So, all right, let's move on. Um, I've got, hey, there's a new podcast alert. Have, I sent this to you earlier <laughs> today. Did you, did you listen to this? So there, there's a funny story about that. So I am listening to it right before we come on to record this. And my husband's sitting next to me and I'm playing it. And I'm like, oh, good God. It's, you know, the, I'm laughing. And my husband leans over. He's like, is that who's interviewing you today? And I'm like, oh, God, no, 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 no. This is a new show that we're going to talk about. And he's like, you sound a little jealous. Are you jealous of the macho pinball <laughs> podcast? I'm like, I am not jealous. He's like, you're jelly. <laughs> But he did enjoy it. I will say that he did, he's not a pinball podcast connoisseur, but he did enjoy that three minutes of the Macho Man. It's the Macho Man Randy Savage apparently has decided to step in the ring and give us some pinball content with the Macho Man Pinball Podcast, Pinball Podcast vlog show. And if you haven't heard of this yet, you've got to go check it out. The episodes are a minute to three minutes long. It's not much time out of your day. I guarantee, listen to it in the bathroom while you're you're hiding from everyone at work. Just do it. It's hilarious. You know, it's what it is. It's basically having a plate of uh, Skittles, Ho-Hos, Donuts, and Jolt Cola from back in the 80s. You know, it's just this caffeine sugar uh, adrenaline rush that you're not going to be able to do anything else. And really, I am jealous of someone who has this much excitement and this mu- that brings this much to the table because that is not my personality. So I wish I were that guy. But yes, it, it is certainly fun. Go check it out. Yeah, I was waiting for him to yell, snap into a Slim yeah, Jim. Snap into you a know, Slim Jim. He, he- yeah, I it, he was very good. Um, it's definitely not something for the kids because there was a, a some of it was I was like oh, and and he talks a whole lot of smack. I was like, he really does. Oh my god, I was like, I please don't please don't be mad at me, Macho Man. <laughs> we can be friends. So I'm going to tell you guys a secret right now. I can actually do the Macho Man voice. You ready for this? Bring. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, this is the Macho Man Randy Savage. You ready to step into the ring? Bring it in. Bring it in. The man across the screen. Yeah, I don't know. That's about as good as you're going to get right now. Okay. <laughs> okay. One that th- that is the most th- that's the chai latte um that that's the the Macho Man in a Starbucks. Like talking <laughs> over, ta- <laughs> talking over Nora Jones. That, that's Whatever. pretty much I need cuz <laughs> Basically, anytime you listen to the Macho Man, you're thinking, okay, that guy's vocal cords are going to snap at any moment. Hey, I'm the cream of the crop, you see. Oh, yeah. Snap into a Slim Jim. Ooh. (laughs) Oh, come on. You know what, though? I'm going to do it. I know he's all talking smack right now. I'm calling you out, Macho Man. You come on the show. We're going to throw down, right, Scott? No. (laughs) <laughs> no. I, I am not um yeah you stand on that island alone yeah, exactly <laughs> come on lauren the first male yeah. person on your podcast could be macho man yeah. man that yeah. oh the, the bar i am setting so so high hey, the, the problem is if that guy came on our show it'd just be a solid beep beep <laughs> oh my goodness it, it it was a good giggle so 
All yeah, right. it, it was entertaining. <laughs> I, I will give him points for entertainment for sure. Yeah. And now Scott crushed my voiceover dreams by saying a macho man in a chai latte. Well, okay, you're like the subdued one. You're you're basically the you know okay, so you're the the macho man who has gotten over his hump and he's uh, he's hanging out with the dude in the bowling alley, and uh, you're uh, you're polishing your balls. You know, it's uh, time. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, let's let's move on from this. <laughs> Um, our friend Joe Lemire reached out and he wanted to thank us because he won his first tournament. And guess what he was wearing? Well, not his first tournament. Sorry. Yeah. Well, he was wearing his uh, – he wore our hat. And, of course, our hat propelled him to win the tournament. And so I'm I'm dubbing that the Elwin effect. You know, any, you know anybody what? who wears our uh, our hat gets magical powers. So they I – get a- they get a competitive edge is what I told Joe. They and, do. And this was a very well-fought tournament. He took down Bowen of all people. Yeah. So. Was Bowen wearing his hat? So I think that's the problem. If Bowen was wearing his hat, it would have been an even fight. But since he may not have been wearing his hat, then Joe had the edge. Yep. So. Yeah. You guys, I love that hat. Since it's been out, everybody talks about the hat. If they had had a Twippy for best swag, I think you guys, you know, could have had a really good run for your money. So on that hat. I know, I right? I, I pitched that to Jeff, but he's like, no, we're not going to do pinball swag. And I was like, dude, come on. Like, I, I said this. I um, I was talking to, I think, my friend Laura Fraley, and we were talking about our friend Jessica DiNardo, who has um, Soft Plunge, which is mm-hmm. her pinball yeah. swag company. I love it. I have like a million shirts. But I was like, if they had a swag category, you should enter. And I would I would love a swag category. You get hats and shirts and pins and all this stuff. You know, it's great. Yeah. Heck it's, yes. I, I have thought about getting the soft ch- soft plunge booty shorts, but uh, I think I think it would uh, raise my wife's eyebrows a little bit. <laughs> you know what? Uh, Jessica and I talked about those booty shorts. She was like, "They're amazing," because I was like, "I think I have too much booty for the booty shorts." But she's like, "No, no, it'll work." Um, but I, my favorite is they have I have the um, Wu Tang pinball shirt. Pinball rules everything around me, and then I also have my Golden Girls pinball shirt, and I wear them all the time. But yeah, yeah y'all's hat is amazing. I love like at, when it comes to pinball podcast swag, y'all hands down with the hat, like totally take it. Well, we'll, we'll definitely well, be you. getting uh, getting some hats out to you and your husband. Yay! Oh, he would totally wear it. He's a hat guy. <laughs> We'll have to. We might either ship it to you, or we'll bring it down with you when we get to hang out with you at TPF. Yay, so. for sure! It's it's right around the corner. You know, I'm so excited. So, okay, and and also <laughs> just an update. I know some people have reached out on uh, beanies and the and the hats. Yes, we are. We're just making them now. Uh, we took a little bit of time off just because it was the holidays. And so, yes, um, we do have a list of people who are interested in those. And if you're still interested in getting a beanie, the beanies are awesome. I'm a big fan. And uh, hats, too. We always have those in stock. And you, can, uh, you too, can win your next tournament by wearing a beanie or a hat or wearing both and get double down. I can never find my beanie because my son keeps stealing it. <laughs> like, yeah. dude, give that back. That is not yours. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so. Um, I've got on here. I totally skipped over this. I don't know why this has been the biggest talk of the town and we've kind of talked about this, but what are you guys' thoughts on Twippies? You want to give any predictions or. Oh my gosh. Um, I'll predict things that aren't in our categories. I guess I'll put it that way. Um, the, uh, it'll be, it's Jurassic parks year. 
Oh yeah. And, and, and so that's what it, I, I think there will be a, uh, there will be a soft spot for many people with Wonka because a lot of people, that was their dream theme. Uh, but if you look at everything that uh, Jurassic Park dug, that was the, that was the juggernaut that's going to roll through everything. And so yeah. I, I imagine that being uh, any category that that is nominated for, I think it'll win. I, I'm right there with you. I, I don't see anything else winning. Well, yeah, I, it's going to take it. I mean, when you're looking at like game of the year, um, I mean, there were some there were some good stuff out. I mean, I liked Elvira. You know, there was Munsters, Star Wars. I'm kind of on the fence on that one. Um, for me, it was kind of down to Jurassic Park and Willy Wonka. And I just think, as a whole package, I think Jurassic Park really takes it. You, this is last. Time. I'll, I'll let you jump in a second, Josh, uh, okay. and I'll summarize everything. This is where even last year, when Josh and I talked about it, um, this is why I gave it to Iron Maiden because I'm gonna give you points for getting games on location, and yep. that really, if you look at and really, if you look at what Eric did with Pirates of the Caribbean, I don't think there is a deeper game out there. I, I, I think that it's like a the code had cancerous growths upon cancerous growths. I don't think there's any, there, there were no limits to where that code was going. You are never going to see whatever Valinor is for that game because there's not one Valinor. There's like 95 Valinors for that game. And so what they did with that was so epic and unbelievable that I'm going to give them huge points for what they did. However, I still had to give it to Iron Maiden because they got it on location and it was reliable and they could keep doing Jurassic Park is exactly the same. Josh, go. I'm right there with you. I think the disadvantage for the other companies are there's not enough volume. Not everyone plays these. I still haven't played Wonka. I know I've got a couple of friends that own it. I just, I haven't had time, but Jurassic Park I've played for hours on end and I've I've played Black Knight. I've played, um, oh crap! What's else? What's else in the so category? So we got Black Star Knight, Cosmic Monsters. Carnival, Monsters, Oktoberfest. See, mm-hmm. see, I've played everything Stern, but that's because it's so readily available. I can I can hit it. I don't know anywhere that has an Oktoberfest. No. I've never seen a Cosmic Carnival. So, well, Cosmic Carnival you'll see at shows because it was such a limited run. I played right. Oktoberfest, and it was a. Uh, um, the the challenge with Oktoberfest is the coolest thing in the game is watching the balls roll down that super spirally uh, uh, wire form. Yeah. Okay, that doesn't happen enough in the game. And so that's the challenge. Like visually, that's the big thing and it's kind of far out there. So it doesn't happen enough. Um, you kind of have to have that that big moment every well when i say the big moment the big thing in the game you have to have it like every every four to five games otherwise you're gonna just not pay attention to it yeah so uh the only other category it kind of makes me chuckle because like um i i want to bring up the rookie of the year i know we're in it i know you're (laughs) in it lauren are we but we are both in it right (laughs) i feel very awkward now in this category because like after the drop down came out and it's like Tim Sexton on, on programming. And I mean, Brad Albright's fantastic artwork on Led Zeppelin. I'm just like, do we really, 
even qualify for this category now. And it's it's one of those, and I know it's been talked about multiple times before. I think it's a, a category that needs to be redefined for the future. You know so. what? How about we all get participation awards? Yeah, you everybody know, uh, every, yeah. everybody gets a ribbon for this one. Um, I, I agree with you guys. I When I woke up New Year's Day and saw, like, what I was nominated for, I was over the moon, like, because I had not even considered, like, Rookie of the Year, because I really didn't think I would qualify for something like that. But then I yeah. saw that I was in nominated, and I mean, wow, thank you, everyone. But I I will agree with not only you guys, I um, Dennis from TWIP and several other people I've talked to have said the exact same thing. There were no real good parameters or, you know, d- this category was really undefined. And I could see this being more for specifically to people who work in pinball, like the Tim Sextons of the world. You know, that makes more sense to me than maybe maybe podcasters. But I do appreciate being nominated. I sure do. I totally agree. And I, I feel bad for the people that, that didn't make it into certain categories. Like like our, our friends over at Slap Save, yes. I was really shocked when they didn't make I it. I couldn't I you oh. know what? Um they are so amazing. Um Fowler, I love him to pieces and they do such a great show. Um, I mean, I really did have a push. Like I wanted to be nominated. I had my own reasons for that. Um, I was very happy to just be nominated, but the fact that they were left to me, they were left off the list. I felt really bad. I was like, they, they do such a great show. Oh yeah. It, it, their production is fantastic. And so, and so, but other than that, I I just, I want to make one statement about the Twippies. It's pinball guys. Like let's calm down. This is a wonderful way to, to congratulate the hobby. And I think that a lot of the drama puts a lot of bad taste in a lot of people's mouth. I think there's a lot of people out there that, that don't want to speak up because they don't feel like they have a place there, but like we need to calm, calm the drama down. Just, just a hair. It is at a pinball award show that I have to explain to like 99% of the people who aren't in pinball. Like what do you, I'm like, it's like the people's choice awards for pinball y'all. That's what it is. And people getting super salty about it. I'm like, it is an award show for pinball. Y'all need to just, you know, bring, bring it down a couple of notches, have a good time. You know, I'm excited because I bought like fancy shoes that I can wear to TPF. Like, I was like, I'm just excited about my pinball outfit. <laughs> you know, what? <laughs> that's what I'm excited about. You know, um, th- there are some categories I'm really excited about, but I there's no reason to be, you know, hateful or mean or bitter. I'm like, it's a pinball award show. I mean, if you're getting this up in arms about that, I'm like, you know, gosh, <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know what your life is like. But you need a hug. I'm giving you a hug. Yeah, it's it's th- this this is the king and the queen of the prom. Oh yeah. It's who like oh yeah the the people who got nominated even like did I don't want to say campaigning, but they mentioned it. They asked their friends. They they talked about like hey, this is what's going on. But again, it's not a big deal. Seriously, you're there. There are no shoe contracts on the line. Let's just take it for what it is. And we're all good. N- none of our paychecks are changing with this award. And so, great. And if you win it, I, and I'm not downplaying people who win. I'm God bless. Uh, I'm glad that you are affecting people's lives for the good. And yep. if you if you continue to win an award, I, great. You're affecting someone in a positive way. So great. Let's let's just keep going. Uh, and me personally, uh, we know Jeff Patterson fairly well over at TWIP, and just my hat's off to him. It's a lot of work. And so that's kind of the other reason I'm like, come on guys, like let's bring the drama back just a little bit. I know he takes a brunt of a lot of this and I just, 
this is a very awesome way to celebrate the hobby. And I think that that's what we should be doing is celebrating instead of at each, you know. Yeah. So let's have let's get together and have some fun. It was just, I think, just a way to celebrate the hobby. And people are just taking it way too seriously. I I mean, I'm excited. I'm going to stump for the categories I'm in for sure. Um, But at the end of the day, if I lose, I'm not going to like, you know, be bitter party of one. You know, I'm like, oh, I didn't win. Oh, well, (laughs) you know, it's, you know, uh, okay, you know but- what we can't hold on. You know what we can do now. All of us in this room, well, room, <laughs> all of us in this chat right now. So you know, like when Leonardo DiCaprio, when he doesn't win something, it's like Oscar nominated Leonardo Twippy DiCaprio. Nominated. Oh my goodness! Yes, I, could, oh, I hadn't even thought yeah. about that. Twippy nominated. I that that is going to mm-hmm. precede everything now. Exactly. Okay, however, if we win, I swear I will buy an airplane seat next to me and just put the award <laughs> on it when I'm flying home. <laughs> And just like send the pictures, like yeah, yeah, it's my work. Uh, they they get a seat. <laughs> oh my god, I, I will say in, in like in a slightly serious tone, um, I was incredibly honored and excited to have my home Bell's chapter nominated for League of the Year, which I thought was also kind of a weird category, but um, I was excited because we were the only ladies yep. chapter um, to be nominated in that category. So I'm just gonna, I will. Out of all the things I was nominated for, honestly, this is the one that means the most. I mean, not that I don't want to win the other things, but um, the, it's not just me. It's the entire chapter. So if you don't have a, a, a horse in the race and you're looking for a chapter to support uh, or a league to support, Bells and Chimes, San Antonio, uh, we, we would love your vote. <laughs> that would be awesome. I would I would love to see you up there accepting that award for on behalf of – I mean, it's Bells and Chimes, so you can yeah, do it for and- the behalf of the women – Across and the world. That, and honestly, when when I I'm like stumping for it, I that's what I'm doing. I'm like, this isn't just about me. This is about every Bell's chapter, every ladies' league that's out there. Um, and we're growing by leaps and bounds every day. More women are entering the hobby every day, and a lot of them start with Bell's chapters or their local ladies' league chapter. So I'm, you know, I really do consider this a win if we do win for all women in pinball. So I, which is kind of like a big. Yep you know, thing to think about, but you know, I, I, I mean, and again, it's a twippy. I mean, I'm like, you know, it's not world peace or anything, but, um, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where this is kind of a main stage for pinball for, for the visibility of it. And for a ladies league to win for me would be a really big deal. Okay. I want to hit two more notes before we wrap it up. I know we're running just a hair long. Sorry long, guys. <laughs> but, um, no, you're totally fine. So first note is, um, I want to congratulate special one lit. Oh yeah. That 24 hour chair charity. That was amazing. And that is that right there is what pinball is about using your platform for something more. And it's just insane that they, they raise over $50,000. That's more than most minimum. That's more than what? $15 an hour for <laughs> people's wage for the year it is more than the average you know take home pay for you know average america i mean that is a lot of money and he did such an amazing job i mean hats off to you guys i mean that was amazing i when i saw how much they took in i was shocked I, i mean he did an amazing job but that is a whole lot of money to a really good cause well i i will say two things one Great, uh, great job, uh, you know, w- by Special One Lit. I, what an amazing thing to do. Also, you know, you hear it all the time. There are great people in the hobby. Like, 
um, you know, when people put down their flamethrowers and they try to focus on the things that are most important, then this is what's most important is actually finding a common goal that we can all say that's a good goal. And so uh, I'm going to I'm going to give two shout outs, one to for them for organizing it, because, again, that takes a lot of effort and a lot of planning. And you're putting yourself a risk out there, because if you put yourself and you do all the effort and you earn 20 bucks, then you feel really bad. Um, But the fact that everybody stepped up and responded to everything they did, that says a lot for the community on the whole and that it's so easy to focus on the negative. But this is one giant positive that we can all wear around our necks. Well, not only that, like just some of the stuff that they got too, like the manufacturers backing them, like that that monster bash, one of a kind play field. And I mean, just the people and the personnel that came in, like Roger Sharp and just the designers. I mean, you've got Scott Denisi saying next to Steve Ritchie, they're entirely two different companies. They've come together to to support this cause. And it was just it was awesome. It was so hats off to you guys. I know Ken said he's probably not going to do a 24 hours again, or if someone else wants to host it, they'll, they'll find someone to host it. But I think if you host it, you've got to have it in Chicago because that's where everyone was at. Like that's what you I have to. Think yeah. So, I can't, I, I can't so, host it in Salt Lake city. It's just not going to work. Exactly. So, so we'll all fly up there. We're going to go fly <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and host it. Right. So, but no, that was awesome. That was fantastic. So, and the last thing, Lauren, I don't know if you know this, but we always do a segment still when people are on. <laughs> yes. So let me let me spin the prize wheel. I'm you ready. ready for this? Okay, we got took that tune. No, no, twenty questions. Ooh. Oh, oh, and it's inside the pinball arcade. Hey, look, that's your segment. <laughs> surprise! How weird surprise. is that? <laughs> surprise! Surprise! So for uh, Scott, that doesn't know. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> Been, hey, this for, is new to me too. So, so for those that don't know out there, Lauren on her show does Inside the Pinball Arcade, where she asks it's eight questions, correct? Correct. And it's kind of like a get to know you, what she uses to wrap up her show, and I love it. And so I just we we have to do this. So, <laughs> so the so the, I okay, so I have to kind of give you the backstory of this. So I when I started the podcast, I was like, I have to have a segment. And, um, you know, market trends is already taken. So yeah. what am I going to do? And I had always loved the show Inside the Actor Studio, like the one that was real popular in the 90s. So Inside the Pinball Arcade is kind of an homage to that, where it's like you get to know somebody in their pinball mind. So yes. I, th- the questions really kind of spun off that show. Okay, cool. So I want to ask these questions to you because I want to, I don't know, if, <laughs> have you asked them to yourself on your show? I can't um, remember. I have not. Um, Teolis and Parsons, when they had me on, did a modified version because they they had heard about the segment. So, but gotcha. I've never been. Every once in a while, somebody will ask me like, "Hey, what do you like?" But I've never had them ask to me on my show. No. <laughs> so let's start this bad boy off. So, question number one. Okay, Lauren, tell us <laughs> what game do you love on the pinball arcade? <laughs> <laughs> I'm keeping that in. <laughs> Or should um, I do it in the Macho Man? Lauren, <laughs> step into the Slim Jim. Which game do you crush on the pinball arcade? <laughs> okay, okay. Um, my, uh, the, my game that I love is uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. I talk about it all the time. It is my baby. I, I love it more than life itself. <laughs> um, it is my favorite game. 
That is awesome. I I would have trouble bringing that one home because of the artwork on the playfield. Yeah, the, my wife is, walked by. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway. yeah, you got the ah, 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 yeah. in the back. Yeah, it's 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 yeah. it's not for the kids, but um, it is uh, it is my personal favorite. I'm a very big Barry Ausler fan. Um, oh yes, and then also I vividly remember playing that game, and um, I just I love it. I can't, there are not I, there are not enough hours in the day for me to talk about how much I love that game. Have you seen <laughs> the one that is uh, that was made out of a coffin? Have you seen that? Yes, one? I have oh, seen that beautiful. one. I I think that would take it a step too far, you know, with the the spouse. But um, I you know I'm going to give kudos to that guy because I'm like that looks excellent, and you know I yeah. I love it. I, I have all the mods. Like I'm working. I want to get the pin soundboard next to upgrade the sounds that are in the game. But yeah, I, I'm totally trying to mod it out. Do you have the 3D? Nice. Uh, the 3D? What is it? The tombstone up there or the? Yeah, they cat- have a, a tombstone topper that's like a 3D lit up. Um, I'm not a topper person. Like okay. I, I'm not Team Zach many. I'm not a topper person. They're okay, but like I'm not one of the. That's like the one mod where I'm like, eh. Now I bought like um different light up things and I bought like the graveyard to cover some of the switches and I bought um on pin side one of there was somebody that was selling. Um, like a modified because the the coffin on there the guy looks like uh, well I've had it said before Ron Jeremy and mm-hmm. the, the, it's a ter- it's a terrible terrible like model in there it's horrible so mm-hmm. I'm like it was the one thing I hated about the game so I bought a mod on Pinside where it looks like him like coming out of the coffin and like his bat like man form and it's very scary looking and I love it and it lights up so that yeah like I'm all I'm all all about the mods love mods. Nice. All right. Question number two. Is this the game that you hate, right? Yes. What game do you hate? Um, Right now, it's it's tough. Because for me, game hatred goes a lot for like uh, really bad competition moments. So right now I'm hating on Stargate. Stargate is a giant dumpster fire. I know it's supposed to be like the best Gottlieb ever, but I feel it's a bag full of lies. Um, Yeah, I don't like Stargate. It kicked me out of the dang Space City Open and I hate it so much. Wow. I'm okay. sorry. That's fantastic. Wow. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Uh question number three. So what is your favorite pinball art on the pinball arcade? <laughs> ooh. Um ooh. Ooh. you know, uh ne- day glow neon aside, Randy Savage. Um, I'm gonna go with Fathom. Um, I'm a huge fan of that pe- period, like 70s style oh, artwork yes. um you mm-hmm. know the 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 ladies dragging the men into the ocean set aside it is actually one of the most beautiful art packages i think in pinball um and it is definitely on my my must have list at some point in my collection i totally agree that is a beautiful game it just yeah oh there's not enough thousands so. out there yeah there is a, and i try there to keep an eye out when i see one but they just get snapped up so quickly so well yep. in, in in okay in fairness I'm not sure a Fathom is a $5,000 game. I, I I love it. It's beautiful. But when you start looking at, okay, is it like a, a Jurassic Park Pro? Eh, probably not. And, and that's the hard thing with these, like, you know, games like Fathom or Genie or something where, you know, people really like it. It's, it's coveted. Like, it's kind of, I put it in the, uh, oh God, what is Flash Gordon kind of category? People really yeah, love yeah. it for like nostalgia or art. But do I want to pay forty five hundred dollars for it? Uh, no, yeah, it, it's no, no. it's tough. Yeah. So I I'm really trying to find that diamond in the rough or something that you know. Oh, I don't know what this is, and I'm selling it at my uh, estate sale. I'm like keeping my fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't think that's going to work out for me. 
you never know. It might. It so. might. So, okay. Question number four. What is your favorite pinball sound? Um, so if we're going to go sound package, I'm a, I, it's the intro music to my podcast and that would be TNA. The soundtrack to TNA is amazing and I love the music so, so much. Um, particular sound though, mech makes is the spinner from Harlem Globetrotters. I love that dang spinner. All of them. Heck yes. Yeah. Um, and that's just a particular sound that I love. I do love your TNA intro, but what got me hooked was those first two episodes when you did that song, How You Like That. Oh, yes. Oh. I love that. That thing. I'd never heard that before. And I was just like, I had I had that stuck in my ear for three weeks because it just, <laughs> I kept humming it. And then it's why I never heard it. So I'm, I'm playing your podcast. I'm trying to shazam off my phone. While playing your podcast to figure out who sings that song, that it, it was it's great. Yeah, no, um, the the songs um how how do you like that by Ollie Anna and I'd heard it and I loved it. I I switched over to Scott's music because of the copywriting issue because I didn't yeah, want to you know yeah. have any kind of um issues and and all that. So that's kind of why I went away from that song. But I do love that song. If you listen to the first couple of episodes, um, that is the intro music before I started switching over to um, the Denise intro. So. so thank you. I, I love that song. It's a great song. Oh, it's fantastic. I, I, the two things correlate in my mind. As soon as I hear that song, I'm like, hey, where's the back box podcast? <laughs> like, I need to hear Lauren now. So anywho. <laughs> so, all right, uh, Scott, with question number five. Okay. Lauren, what is your favorite festival event to play in? Oh, I, I really have to dedicate this episode to the Macho Man for sure. Um, <laughs> um, my, um, I haven't gotten to get out of Texas as much, so this is, is kind of limited. But my favorite uh, festival or event really has to be the Houston Arcade Expo. Um, it's kind of like our local expo. Um, I get to see all of my friends. We have so much fun. It is the party expo for a reason. It's at this Marriott and it is just one giant party. Whereas like TPF, you know, you have the, the competition part and it's a lot more like a, a, a true expo. There's booths and things like that. Houston Arcade Expo, they do have the tournaments and stuff, but it is like a giant party. There's all kinds of fun to be had. Nice. Alrighty. Well, and you know, honestly, I'm excited for TPF. I've never been before. So this is my first TPF too. So I didn't get to go the last couple of years because it conflicted with my job. So this is going to be my oh, first okay. TPF. Very cool. Very okay. Cool. Just be careful when they uh, invite you to a, um, like a, um, distributor sponsored dinner. There may be, uh, yeah. <laughs> let's just say there are some restaurants down there that I think the steaks are wearing more than the, than the waitresses are. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I do live in Texas. I, there are a collection of restaurants where I'm like, Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> I, I would yeah, hope they wouldn't really, invite me to that place, but you know, you never know. Um, yeah. One of our buddies was invited and he walked in he's like, Oh, and turned around and walked out. <laughs> it's like, this is not really our spot. All right. Question number six. What is your grail pin? So I consider BSD my grail. So now that I have my grail, I need to go on another quest. Um, the, the two that I really want, one is, um, and I just think this is more of a money issue than a, a possibility is Indiana Jones. Um, I love, okay. I love Indiana Jones, not the Stern, <laughs> uh, the, the, the other Indiana Jones. But um, the other one is a cocktail table called Night Moves. Um, 
Okay. I love that thing so much. I ran into it um, at a uh, pin golf tournament in Dallas and somebody had it in the back. I'm like, this is the best thing ever. I mean, because it's so cheesy. If you have not played it, I would go Google it. It's on YouTube. It has like everybody's dressed like they're uh, extra on Miami Vice and it has all the colors and the music is so cheesy. It's the best. So that's like my my big grail. Um, They don't come up that often. So I've been trying to keep an eye out. All right, question number seven. You ready, Scott? Yes, but I'm trying to look up night moves right now. <laughs> oh, wow! Yeah, that 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 person looks fierce. <laughs> I, 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 have you se- have you seen the ad? Oh yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's a woman who looks like she's wearing. I don't know. It's it's kind of like a combination of a prom dress mini skirt with a rodeo top. It's it's, just, it's, it's a look. Super fresh. Super <laughs> you know fresh. what? She makes that her own. That is crazy. Because if you're gonna, wow. If you're gonna do it, go big or go home. I'm just it, it to me it was so over the top every time I see it. And then you, you have to hear the music. The music is the best part <laughs> to me. Yeah, it, I, it's a really wow. great. If you've played, it's a lot of fun. It actually has um a pretty decent rule set for a little cocktail table. But um, it is 1989 wrapped up with a pretty bow. Wow, that you know what you have to be committed for that Gottlieb <laughs> to be in your collection. Oh my god, yeah, I know, I love it. Okay, okay, we're in the Starbucks now, so we're having our chai latte. Who would you like to play head to head? Oh my god, who would I like to play head to head or share a coffee with? Um, I would, um, and, and I've said well, Randy Savage, obviously. Uh, Ra- so. Randy is number one, of course. So number yes. two um, would be Roger Sharp. Um, I yeah. he, he the man has an episode of Drunk History. Um, to me, he would be like the person I I w- most want to meet. I have his trading card that he signed that some t- uh, my friend Jean gave to me as a gift. Um, so I was he's the person I most want to meet and would love to play. He's gonna like totally beat me, and I'm fine with that. But <laughs> but he would be the person I'd love to play the most. Okay, now I ha- I have a great idea. We need to make rookie trading cards for rookie of the year. Oh my god, that would be yes. the best. And just hand oh, them out yes. to everybody. Just like, no, th- these are uh, how many are in the category? Like 25. <laughs> be so awesome. Yeah. Just laminate them. Just ha- it just it, maybe you just make one set and hand it to the person like as participation trophy. It's like, here's your rookie card. And, and we got to be so. like with the pinball machine like doing things, you know, with the rookie cards you'd be like, you know, holding a basketball or holding a bat, you know. We have to be doing yeah. things. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah, do you know what best is it, since it's a rookie card, we should all be standing at a machine, but awkward. Oh yeah, no, it has to be like, super awkward because yes. we don't, we haven't been in the biz yet, so we look really like right. So we don't know how to play. It's, really. it's very Ricky Bobby. I don't know what to do with my hands. You know. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, I'm putting Scott down for that. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> putting you in charge. <laughs> nice. Dude, that's that's got to be the best idea that's come out of Twip oh, so yeah. far. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, I will say I also do want to get a, a reversible shirt that you can just uh, take it. And one, one side says, uh, like, uh, winning in life, losing at pinball. And you flip it around. It says losing at pinball, winning at life, or lo- losing in life, winning at pinball. All right. We're on to the final question. What is your dream theme? 
Oh my gosh, this is so hard. Um, I have many dream themes and uh, we collect a list on the Backbox Pinball podcast just in case pinball distributors are are wanting to, you know, find some really good ideas. So for me, I have, I'm going to say two. Um, what my, okay. my number one dream theme, and I don't understand why this has not been made yet, is The Princess Bride. Um, I'm oh, a, yes. a massive yes. fan of that movie. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. I feel that it lends itself to pinball. I feel it checks all the boxes. It lends itself to pinball. It, it has a story, so it would be really easy to kind of map out as like a quest style game. Um, most of the actors are still with us. Thank goodness you could get call outs, hopefully, at, from someone. Um, yeah, I just think it, there's just so much there and it, you know, checks that nostalgia factor for the certain age group that they like to go after, you know, why hasn't that been made? I don't know. I totally agree. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't either. The, so. the other one, and I don't feel this would be made. I, I, maybe it's too niche, but if they made Rick and Morty, I don't understand why they can't make Bob's Burgers. That is uh, my, one of my favorite TV shows. I have all kinds of Bob's Burgers stuff all over my office and house. Um, I love it, and I would love to see that made into a pinball game. Okay, I watched one episode of Bob's Burgers, and I seriously said, what did I just watch? <laughs> <laughs> it's a little odd. Like I'm going to say it's a little odd, and maybe oh, not. A, a little? <laughs> wow. No, okay, you're, you're, it's like niche, niche. I mean, it, it was, it, 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 I like, I thought it was fine, but I just, I, I didn't, uh, I, I guess I just didn't get it yet. But it was, I, it, the kid like shaved his head and grew a mustache like his dad, and was so he was like an old man. And she was doing some video thing, trying to find out who the phantom pooper was in the in the. <laughs> In the uh, it, yep. in the school, yep. yeah, you know which episode I'm talking about. I was like, you're talking about. I was like, this is just so bizarre. Yeah, I, so I, they are a little. It's a little odd. Like I'm gonna totally. It's not the most traditional thing. I'm a huge fan of a TV show, the show called King of the Hill. Um, and the guy who oh, yeah. created King of yes. the Hill is the creator behind Bob's Burgers. So it, it's okay, got a, a very quirky and you know kind of mentality to it. It's not for everybody. That's why I'm like, I don't think Bob's Burgers would ever be made. It's a little too off the wall. Um, but it's it's one of my hey, favorite shows. <laughs> they made a Rick and Morty. Yeah, and and I'm like, I, I got a chance. Like, how many people actually got Rick and Morty? It's like, okay, so what is this? <laughs> <laughs> and then they made a mistake of watching it with their kids and they're like, Ooh. whoa. <laughs> So, sorry, I don't know why. I totally spaced this. I was going to bring this back up a while ago, but I know that one of your favorite shows that you talk about is Big Bang Theory mm-hmm. as well. Um, Chuck Lorre, the creator of Big Bang Theory, was actually the guy that wrote the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme no song. No way! I did not know that. Yes, that was his. That was one of his first gigs. Like he was, he was like a traveling tunesman or something. They, they talked about this. Scott shared it with me. It's like the toys that make us. It's episode one of right. season three, but they talked, they talked to Chuck Lorre. And he's like, yeah, everyone knows me for big bang and knows me for two and a half men and will and grace. But the, what they don't know is I wrote this song. And it's like, that is ingrained in my memory. I just sang it a, a little while ago. I mean, Oh my God, what a cool fact. That's, that's really neat. I did not know that. But yes, I'm a huge fan of the Big Bang Theory. Yeah, there are a lot of people who things that you don't realize, like Barry Manilow wrote a whole bunch of jingles. So like 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 a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's Barry Manilow. I, who actually what? like 
I did not know yeah, that either. Yeah, just all, all these – he was like a jingle writer. And so like all those ones that you know, it's – it's yeah, it's total non sequitur. But you're thinking, oh, I, I would not have predicted that. And now so. I have Mandy stuck in my head. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. Mandy, oh, Mandy, you came yeah. and you gave. Yeah, no. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> You're well, welcome. It could have been the Copacabana. Oh, so. no. Why Why do you do this to me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, that would actually be a great retro 70s game, the Co- oh, Copacabana. Oh, you know what? That would be super fun. At the so that wraps it up for <laughs> that wraps it up for inside the pinball arcade. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> You're totally fine. You're totally fine. We're gonna do okay. karaoke yeah. after after we get off this. We're going for karaoke. Going for karaoke. And... Woo. Yes, we're doing karaoke you know at TPF. Josh, you can come to TPF. Yes, mm-hmm. done, done. Uh, this is we're going yeah, to do karaoke. Okay. Nothing done. is we're more gonna... fun than sober karaoke. That is... <laughs> <laughs> Just oh my god! It, it, it's like junior high dance all over again. Just standing in the corner. <laughs> I'm going to be – have you seen the video of the guy that did tequila? He just sits there the whole time and then he's like, tequila. Yeah, that's pretty much me. It's like I'm – whatever. Okay, so Lauren, if people want to get a hold of you, promote your product. This is your this is your moment. Tell us how we can find you and and what do you offer? Oh, we offer all the things. It, it, I will totally improve your life, I promise you. Um, if you would like to listen to the Backbox Pinball Podcast, we are on most podcast catchers of choice, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, you name it, we're probably on it. Um, if you want to go directly to the website, you can visit us at backboxpinballpodcast.fireside.fm. Also there, we have a swag button. If you really, in, to go with your loser kid hat, you could get the Backbox Pinball Podcast t-shirt. Yes. So um, <laughs> it, it maybe not as cool as the hat, but I, I like it. It's a nice shirt. It's, it's, that logo is is money. That is a good logo. So. Yeah, um, we have a local lady, um, Regina Morales. She's an amazing graphic designer. And I asked her to do something on the fly. I'm like, hey, I need a logo for this podcast I'm starting. Like a day later, she gives me that. I'm like, this is a really amazing logo. And I didn't even tell her. All I said, it was like, it's a podcast and I like the color purple. And it's about pinball. Go. And I get that. I'm like, all right, this is a winner. It's fantastic. Thank you. So, uh, as far as us, we are the Loser Kim Pinball Podcast. If you'd like to get a hold of us, uh, we are at loserkidpinballpodcast at gmail.com. You can send us your your questions, comments. Uh, we do our, we're still going to probably do another pinball story. So if you want to share your pinball story with us so we can share it with the world, please send it in to us. And for those, like Scott said earlier, we do have the beanies. They're being made. Uh, I did get the lady, the lady told me. On Monday, she's stitching them right now. So those that have reached out, I'm going to reach out to you this week and let you know when we can get your order to you. So other than that, oh, oh, Facebook and Instagram. If you want to get a hold of us, that's those are the other two places you can get a hold of us at. So, well, I want to thank you for coming on, Lauren. Like, it was awesome that we were able to line this all up and have you on. Oh, thank you so much for the invite. I really appreciate it. I had a great time and I really love your show. Well, thank you. And we love your show as well and i'm i'm excited to come down and meet you and let's do some sober sober karaoke sober karaoke yes y'all can be y'all can be sober i'll I'll do the drinking for you so no worries and then you know what if you if you end up getting on that party bus if you guys drive through austin you've got to stop at franklin's barbecue and bring me some franklin's barbecue oh i don't want to stand in line for eight hours (laughs) yeah 
Hey, sorry, ain't nobody got time for that. There, there's no food. <laughs> there's nobody. no food on the planet that, that that's that good. I'm sorry. Just because we we I, we go there all the time. I'm like, I am not saying no day. No, Kay. no, no, no. But it's amazing. Everybody I've talked to, literally, it's like the greatest. Thing it's okay. It's not that long on a weekday though, oh, sure. and you guys will be driving through on a yeah. weekday. You know, it, it's kind of like so. now. I will say, I know that Texas Roadhouse is not really Texas uh, barbecue and all that stuff, but it's. It's here. It's loud. It takes forever to get into, and it's like I, I I'm sorry. I, I, am good. Like I, I don't need to wait two hours for food. We're fine. No, 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 no. I'll take y'all. We got some good barbecue places that you don't have to wait like your entire life for um, when you're here. No, we'll, we'll get you some good Texas barbecue. All right, sounds I'm good. excited. Let's do it. Deal. So. You, you pick the location. We'll buy. Shut up. Woohoo! Woot. All righty. We'll see you, everyone. <laughs>